Hey guys, welcome to Library Overload. This is Tavia. And this is Susie. Don't forget to go check us out on our blog where we post all the books that we talk about. And that is libraryoverload.home.blog. And then also check us out on Instagram where we're a little more interactive. And we are just Library Overload there. Guys, it's Buddy Read Week! Buddy Read Day! We made it! We haven't so, done one of these since, like, November, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a second. Because yeah, um, we took a break, and then yes. you spazzed. So, um, anxiety is no laughing matter, Tavia. <laughs> How so great. I am. <laughs> I have come to save the Buddy Read Day, and I have picked a book. Well, let's let's talk about how we picked this book. <laughs> yeah, uh, it so, was pretty funny. I will warn you guys, this is still a romance book, but it's not just any romance book, okay? It's, like, oh, so much more. So excited to talk about this. Okay, so Tavia and I are of one mind. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And I, you know, I find a new book that our new BFF... <laughs> <laughs> Rate the romance told us to read and obviously I was like yep that's happening I download it I go over to Goodreads to update it and right there Tavia just finished only when it's us and I was like are you kidding me yeah. <laughs> so of course I'm like all caps texting her how dare you <laughs> I read a book before you. Oh, my gosh. So rude. So this is now um, the second time that we have done this not on purpose this yeah. year. Ridiculous. So, so we got into a discussion about the book. And I was like, hey, let's just make this our buddy read. Because we were going to do something else. And I was like, why don't we just make this the buddy read? Because I think it would be fantastic buddy read. And so she's like, okay, well, I'll stop texting you now. And I was like, no one believes that. And, and she kept then, texting me. And then I didn't. I did not stop texting. And every yeah. single time I'd be like, okay, now I'm done. And then I And no one again. believed you. <laughs> but it was good. Oh so we gosh. read Only When It's Us by Chloe Lease. And this is the Bergman Brothers book one. It was so good. It was really good. I have it a couple was... of qualms with it. We'll discuss once we get into the spoiler section. But I gave it four stars because I really loved it. So I only took that one star away because I just had a few things I was not, like, crazy about. See, I initially gave it four stars. But after pondering on it, I just upped it to five. Oh, that's weird. Because I gave it five initially and then took one away. Ooh, we're going to have to discuss then. Yeah. Um, yeah first so. of all, some fun facts about the author I found. Yeah. Because I <laughs> so didn't know first anything. Of all, first of all, I found her website. Um, she's super cool. Um, but uh, a few years ago, she was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, formerly known as Asperger's. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I love it when someone different rights you know yeah, like it's yeah. just like that is so amazing that whatever it is that you're going through in life you're still killing it and yeah. writing novels like amazing yeah. um number two so when we're reading this book every chapter had a song listed at the top 
Oh, I loved and it. She, I loved it too. She actually has the entire playlist for every single novel she has written mm-hmm. on her website. I went ahead and read the second book, and that's a thing that they do in that one as well. So, every single book she's written has a song per chapter. I nice. loved it. I thought that was so neat. There was um a <laughs> there was a fan fiction author that I love that every new scene had its own music for you to listen to. And I loved it. It made the reading experience that much better. Oh, that's so cool. cool. Um, but yes, I thought Chloe Leese just sounded like a really awesome person. And I thoroughly enjoyed um, her book. Do you want to give us a synopsis real quick? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can. The series is about a Swedish American family That is massive. There are five boys and two girls. And this book is following Willa Sutter and Ryder Bergman. So he is the middle child smack dab in the middle of these seven kids. And we meet them at college where Willa is a rising soccer star. She's a D1 athlete. And she comes into class from having missed because of an away game. Is trying to get the notes from her professor And he's kind of being a butthole about it and doesn't give them to her and says she can get them from Ryder. Well, when she goes to ask Ryder for the notes, he completely ignores her. And to say that Willa has a temper is putting it mildly. (laughs) Um, So she basically, you know, has made a new mortal enemy now. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we meet. That's our meet cute. And Ryder's trying to figure out what in the world happened. Like, why is this tiny person so angry at me? Yeah, she's like glaring at him and he's like, I've obviously missed something. (laughs) (laughs) And so he hates her right back, obviously, because he's like, I didn't do anything to you. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's our meet cute. And we follow them as they become enemies, frenemies to lovers. And it's a romance. So that's not a spoiler. So the cool thing about this book is, so, you know, you meet, you see Willa meet writer or you see Willa, try to speak to Ryder and he completely ignores her. Well, you find out that Ryder is almost completely deaf. Mm -hmm. He had a terrible bout with meningitis right before he was supposed to start playing soccer for UCLA, Mm -hmm. another D1 athlete. And he completely, almost completely loses his hearing and he no longer speaks because because of it as well. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and it's been I'm two te- years. So he hasn't spoken in two years mm-hmm. and he is almost completely deaf. Mm-hmm. He uses hearing aids, but they're not something that fixes the problem. Hearing aids don't make sounds clearer. They just make them louder. So if it's muffled, it's still muffled, just loud muffle. So it doesn't, Hearing aids aren't um, a solution. They're they're an aid. That's why they're called. That's why they're called that. But if if your hearing loss is so significant, hearing aids just aren't going to help you. And so right. he, he says they would pick up the annoying background stuff and mm-hmm. not when he needed to. Mm-hmm. He doesn't use them. So we see Willa try to speak to him, and him he completely ignores her. And my first thought was. <gasps> Is he deaf? And of course I'm texting Tavia that. And she's like, I don't know. (laughs) I was like, I don't know why he's ignoring her. It's weird. I mean, I didn't get it. 
Um, I honestly, I can't remember what I've told you guys and what I have not. My mom is deaf. You have talked about that before because you you read Hobbin. Oh, yeah. Hobbin Gurma. Um, Who I still follow on Instagram and she is still incredible. She is the, uh, if you missed that episode, I spoke about Hobbin Gurma. She is the first deaf blind student to go through uh, Harvard and graduate. Incredible. Um, So anyways, uh, yeah. So of course, when someone acts like they can't hear someone, most people are going to be like, why are they being such a jerk? And me being the child of a, of a deaf person, I'm like, but maybe they can't hear. (laughs) Check and see if they can't hear you. Yeah. That was his first thought. And I was like, Wow, she nailed it. I thought he was just being mean, being rude. Now, that That's why just... I was excited for you to read this because mm-hmm. of your perspective in this world, in this community. Yes. Well, I've just, I've seen it happen. I've been out with my mom and someone will talk to her and I'll see the look on their face when she doesn't acknowledge them. And they're like, all right, lady. And like, I can't go with her everywhere mm-hmm. and be like, they, she can't hear you. Like you have to like get her attention or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if, that's always going to be my first thought. Well, what if there's something that you just can't see that's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was actually really hilarious that I got it. Um, that's funny. And then um, and Willa's temper is so like out of control, one might say, <laughs> um, that she immediately gets mad at him and she's like got a mortal enemy now and she doesn't even take any time to process and, she so she assumes he's ignoring her right away, mm-hmm. and I thought that was interesting. Just that whole like immediate hate. Um, the first page of the book, Willa, Willa, it cracks me up. I read. It says, "I've been told I have a temper. I prefer to be called tempestuous." <laughs> and then it gives the tempestuous definition of typified by strong, turbulent, or conflicting emotions. <laughs> I loved the $8 words all throughout this book. Yes. They it were was like a word nerd's dream. Yeah. Willa worked at a bookstore during the summers uh, for a while to be able to, um, you know, have some money and stuff. And so she said she picked up bookstore words. That's mm-hmm. what she called them. And that was pretty- I know. Every time she said bookstore words, I thought of you. I was like, oh, something me, Tavia. <laughs> so anyway, she tries to figure out a way to get the professor to give her the note. She's like, he's ignoring me. And he's like, well, you're just going to have to figure out a way to talk to him. You're going to have to try a little more than just whispering at him. Yeah. Because oh. Willa struggles with any kind of confrontation. Oh, yeah. That's the, whether the next thing I was going to say. Or not. Like she j- it's like she's incapable of speaking up and asking for help or anything like that. And I related to that so mm -hmm. much. I have such a hard time with conversation, which is really weird. But like anytime I think the conversation is going to be uncomfortable or make someone mad, I try to stay away from it as much as possible. So I related to Willa so strongly. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, if he ignored me, I'm no, I'm not going to talk to him again. No, we're done. This is uncomfortable. Um, So her complete and utter desire to avoid those conflict conversations made so much sense to me because I am am so much the same. I love to talk, but I need to talk about the right things. And if, like, I think that you're going to be mad at what I have to say, I just won't say it. Mm -hmm. I just will not say it. And so it's something that I've been working on my whole adult life. 
um, <laughs> getting better, I hope. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely uncomfortable conversations are not. Oh, I should know. They make me nervous. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm not a big confrontation person either. But when she was just having to ask for for notes or whatever, I would I would be okay with doing that. Um, yeah. I probably um, I probably would have had the same temper though if someone just outright mm-hmm. ignored me. Uh, yeah, I would have lost my mind as well. So yeah. I totally I I get her temper a lot. because yeah. I'm crazy. But <laughs> so anyway, Ryder doesn't understand because obviously he didn't hear Willa ask for notes, and he thinks that she's just this crazy tiny woman glaring at him. And she's mad at him because he wouldn't give her the notes. And so here we are. <laughs> and the professor's like, well, you have to figure it out. Sorry about you. And she's so uncomfortable that she won't ask anyone else in the class either. She's like, I'll just figure it out. But if she doesn't, she's going to lose her eligibility to play her mm-hmm. uh, soccer. And she's yeah, like, she's got like a star. full ride. So she mm-hmm. has to keep those grades up. And mm-hmm. it's not until this class that she's struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the moment that Willa, that Ryder finally looks at Willa and is like, I can't hear you. Like, I absolutely loved Willa in that moment because it was like a flip was switched and she was like, oh my God, like, that's why, like, he wasn't being a jerk. He just couldn't hear me. And so it was immediately like, okay, how can I, how can I converse with this person? Mm-hmm. What what way can we communicate? So like I loved that because it wasn't like oh then never mind you can't talk to me. Like right. it was just like okay so how how do we make this work? Loved that. Loved that acceptance. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the professor is a meddlesome fool, and he pairs Willa and Ryder up for the final class project. So now they have to work together. <laughs> When you said a meddlesome fool, it was like <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> well, you know, I do love it. But he you is a meddlesome fool. <laughs> he meddles. He meddles oh, way no. too he much was, for he college was the worst. <laughs> for a college professor, like he should be fired for that level of meddling. I'm just saying. <laughs> What's even worse is that the pro- the professor is married to Ryder's sister. So he's trying to push Ryder out of his shell while also trying to get Willa to be a better student. And so he just, he's like, oh, this is a brilliant idea. And, but such, he just meddled. Such a terrible puppet master. Right. I feel like he has little Willa and Ryder dolls. Like, <laughs> like kiss, just kiss. So he's smushing them together, but he doesn't tell Willa that Ryder can't hear. Mm-mm. And he doesn't tell Ryder that he told Willa to get the notes from him. Yeah. So he makes this chaos of a scene uh, just happen. <laughs> and Ryder beyond mad when at we, him. <laughs> when we get to the scene where they're at the diner and we finally figure out that the, the professor is his brother-in-law, I died. I was like, are yeah. you kidding me, man? Yeah. I would have killed him. Yeah, he's like, uh, Ryder's like, you didn't tell her I can't hear her? And he's like, no. No. Turn and then on. turn, and they see Willa coming in. So now Willa <laughs> thinks that Ryder and the professor are in some kind of scheme to yeah. keep her from being good. 
And she obviously it's, has this temper and she just goes way the heck off on them. And it's fantastic. Just lights them on fire with her eyes. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is the first few chapters of this right. book. Right. Um, just, we get a lot of information in the first few chapters. Just hysterical. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Do we have any other things to share before we get to spoiler? I loved that the um, in the diner scene, Ren, who is Ryder's brother, um, realizes that he can't understand the tirade that Will is going off on. So he starts texting it to him so he can understand what's happening. And, and Ryder's just like, oh, no, wait. But Willow won't let him explain because she's so mad. She just storms off. Well, Ryder's really like, wait. No, come back. <laughs> right. He does Don't. not want to deal no. with this crazy person. Does not want to deal with this crazy person. I mean, yeah, like he's he he's been in this funk for two years. He's lost the greatest love of his life, soccer, because of um what's happened to him. And now his meddlesome fool of a brother-in-law. <laughs> It's That's true. what he is. That's the only thing no, he can be described I'm, as. I'm only ever calling people that from now on. Um, and yeah, no, it's just hysterical. Like, but it's, I loved, I loved getting his perspective because, like, you get it. You totally get it and what he's going through and why he is, yeah. he's like that, why he doesn't want to right. speak. And he just kind of shut down, like, you know, he's like, no one's ever going to get me. No one's ever going to love me. I'm a burden, all of this stuff. So he, like, does not have time in his neat little tidy life for these crazy, tempestuous Willow. So true. But his meddlesome fool of a brother-in-law <laughs> makes them work together. So now for the rest of the semester, they have to meet and work on this final project or they'll both fail. Poor kids. Yeah. Oh, and then we haven't even talked about how witty the both of them are. They are like, hilarious. Once they start texting and absolutely hysterical. Like, just nonstop laughing at them. Yeah. It's I, pretty spectacular. When he texts so her right before that one game, and she, just the humor is hysterical. The witticism. I loved all of their witticism. It was phenomenal. Such a good pairing. Mm-hmm. Such good the writing, writing was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just the because it felt normal for these two characters to be saying what they they said. Like mm-hmm. you just got that that was their personalities, mm-hmm. and it came through really brilliantly. And I thought too, like the way that writer acted in person and just very shy, shut down, you know, barely acknowledging anyone around him, and then who he was via text and when he could actually communicate with someone, it was like his whole personality shone through. It was Mm -hmm. just, it was beautiful. All right. You want to get to spoilers? Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Spoiler alert. We really need a spoiler song. Didn't you write a spoiler song at one point? I did, but I can't remember it. I've had a nap since then. It's been a couple of weeks since the last time we did this was in November. Rude. On my phone. I'm pretty sure I couldn't remember it at that point. <laughs> so it's okay. All right. Spoilers. Be warned. Yes. There's a lot 
of stuff to get spoiled in this. And if you are going to read it, which we think you should. Yes, please stop this and come back after you've read it. Because I think once you're spoiled on this kind of stuff, it will never be the same reading experience. So please take a moment, pause this recording now, come back later after you've read the book. We'll be waiting for you. (laughs) All right. I am ready. This book eviscerated me, Susie. Like, eviscerated me. It Crocodile tears, snot, crying, holy moly. It had every single thing that I want in a book. It had romance. It had dirty stuff. It had... So much dirty stuff. I know, right? It It was a slow burn, though. It took a minute to get there. It was. But once we got there... Yeah, that was good. Um, it had serious conversations that needed to be had. It had someone that is different, someone that isn't just your normal person that does lovely things. Like, and then it had it like ripped my heart apart. Like, that's everything I want in a book, mm-hmm. and I got it on Kindle Unlimited. Well, like I thought that this was just your ordinary romance because it doesn't say anything about it in any of the blurbs. And so I went in blind thinking this was just one of these, you know, happy, go lucky, lighthearted rom-com things. And then all of a sudden I am sitting on the couch, bawling my eyes out, blowing my nose while my husband is gaping at me like <laughs> the world is happening over here. And it just literally tore my heart out. <laughs> Yeah, one thing ready. we one thing we didn't mention because I feel like it's it's not at all in a in the synopsis or anything is that Willa's mother is dying of cancer. She is terminally ill. Um so obviously And I was never okay again. <laughs> so obviously that's terrible. Um I mean, Willa's what, 21, 22, and she's having to deal with her mom dying. Mm-hmm. And, but also and her trying to be a this single thing. parent. So she mm-hmm. has no father figure in her life. Also, not just a single parent, but a military veteran. So, like, she's a badass. And so to see her kind of slowly wither away is just terrible. She was um, a meddlesome fool, too, by the way. <laughs> going to throw that out there. I loved her. She was fantastic. Her. Willa's mom Thanks. was fantastic. But she was definitely meddlesome. Yes, she was. I loved Willa's mother. Loved yes. her to pieces. Um, she, was, loved, she was amazing. Loved how she met Ryder, which is a hilarious spin. Was the fact that. Yeah, did not see that coming at all. No. So we meet, obviously, Willa's mom is in a um, treatment facility that is very expensive. Her doctor, Dr. B, is this very sweet, handsome guy um, that actually um, Willa's mother saved while in a combat zone many, many years ago. And he became a, he was a, he's a doctor now and is actually treating her. Well, the, they're running out of funds and she's dying and there's no, and Willa can't, you know, Willa can't take care of her because she's got soccer. And so the doctor ends up saying, you know what, we've got extra rooms at home. You can just come and I'll continue your care for you as long as possible. Come to find out. Ryder's dad. Are you kidding me? 
Ryder's dad is the doctor of Willow's mom. Just, and they've known each other for years. Just wild. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was a crazy spin yeah. for me. I was just like, did not see that coming. So while Ryder and Willa are having their frenemy thing where they hilariously, like, try to one-up each other in pranks mm-hmm. or in sexual tension mm-hmm. kind of things, um, while they're all dealing with that, trying to figure it out, and Willa's avoiding relationships like the plague, and Ryder's trying to date her, then Joy ends up moving into the Bergman household. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. It's just nuts. And so, of course, all this time, Willa has been talking to her mom about the deaf man that she's been paired with. Yes. And she calls him a lumberjack because they're originally from the Pacific Northwest. And when his Washington dad was job at uh, UCLA, then they moved to L.A. So they're in L.A., but he wears flannel and dresses like a lumberjack. And she calls him a lumbersexual. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing. <laughs> lumbersexual. So they make, uh, she makes lumberjack jokes constantly about him. <laughs> And I so, forgot about lumbersexual. Yeah. So she's been telling her mom this whole time about the lumberjack asshole uh, who is deaf. <laughs> she's never so, mentioned his name or anything. So Dr. B helps Joy, Willa's mom, move in, get settled, all of this. And it's really and, a hospice type situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just basically a quiet, peaceful place for Joy to live out the rest of her days. So Dr. B has his son come in and help him rearrange the room for Joy because Joy wants to be able to look out the window um, from her bed. And so he brings, uh, he brings Ryder in and he's like, hi, Joy, this is my son. He, uh, he can't hear, he's deaf, but he, he's just going to help me move some stuff around. And Joy's like, oh, well, thank you. And she's like, can I speak to your son for a second? And Dr. B leaves and she's just like, so you're the asshole lumberjack. <laughs> Right. And it's spectacular. So blunt. Just. Yeah. And then come to find out she is going to be a meddlesome fool and she wants Ryder to read to her. Well, he hasn't spoken a word in two years. And And she's just like, well, you're eventually going to be able to hear again because they're working on getting her cochlear implants. Yes. Um, And she's like, well, I mean, you might as well practice now. It's going to be hard then. Right. He's saying, oh, I can't talk. You need to text. And she's like, well, I'm too far into my treatment. I can't see your texts. What are we going to do? Like, you sorry, sorry about you. Just got to start talking to me. And she, she like, basically makes it. She puts walls up every single, mm-hmm. yeah, every single time. He's like, well, what about this? What about this? And she's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Read to me. Like, whack-a-mole, his excuse. Yes. And she just whacks it down. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so I love she her. forces him to talk to her because who can turn down a terminally ill cancer right? patient? Like, what are you right. going to be like? No, I'm not going to read to you. Sorry right. about you. So she gets him to talking again, which is spectacular. But she also to Willa. She doesn't tell Willa this. She calls him her gentleman reader. I can't with <laughs> all the nicknames we have throughout this book. Yeah. It's her it really is like a it really is like a regency uh, book. <laughs> Yeah, and they're reading Pride and Prejudice, which I loved, and then comparing Willa and Ryder to Darcy and Elizabeth, it's Mm -hmm. just funny, but yeah, the gentleman reader, that was spectacular. It was all spectacular, Um, but let's talk about how Willa deals with grief, because I love 
books that talk about grief, I feel like yeah. it can't be it can't be spoken about enough mm-hmm. because you some people people always have an opinion about how grief should be dealt with. Mm-hmm. It's either not enough or too much or God, she's been crying for three years. Why doesn't she move on? Or Jesus, yeah. she didn't cry at all at the funeral. Did you right. see? Like, people have so many opinions about grief. And after Willa's mom pop- passes away and Willa is dealing with it in a very Willa-like way, shutting down, not speaking Completely to people. Completely shuts down, talks to Barely no. eating. Her roommate. Rooney. Be- her roommate is Rooney, Rooney, and she was spectacular all on her own that conversation that they had was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And Rooney just says to her, your grief is valid. Mm -hmm. You grieve how you need to grieve. I am not saying that you should not be grieving. Absolutely. But the way you are dealing with this is not, not healthy. Let's get you some help and gets her into grief counseling, which Mm -hmm. is like, Thank you. Yeah, like, it was a beautiful, a beautiful approach to grief, and it was, it was, it was perfect. I yeah, loved it. She, yeah, that whole I forgot that she had. She said, "Your grief is valid. I want you to grieve. Full I want you stop. to continue to grieve. Yes, yeah. I don't she, want you grieving this way because yes. it's not healthy for you. It was just perfect. So yeah. so good. Like I love it when grief is handled." correctly and and by that I mean there is no correct way to like there's no perfect way to do it everyone deals with it and And she's she's like you know I was I'm letting you grieve I'm I'm letting you go but what I'm putting my foot down on is this is unhealthy at this Mm -hmm. point so I need you to take a look at that and realize that your grief is valid but you're going about it in an unhealthy manner and that's not I'm too much of a friend for you to let you do that. It was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. It was kind of self-destructing it. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, She's a self-destructive person anyways. Yes. And so yes. put that, kind of roll that up along with her mother, mm-hmm. who is the only parent she's ever had, dying right. in she's such been a her and her terrible mom. way. And because they were military, she moved around a lot. She didn't form any lasting connections. She has a very strong aversion to commitment of any kind. And then her whole world is gone. Mm -hmm. Her whole world is gone. And she shuts down. She just completely is like, no, not dealing with any of this. Mm -hmm. And what I also loved was that Ryder was there and didn't push her. Mm -hmm. He just silently said here I am when you're ready so that kind of that kind of goes perfectly full circle because when Willa meets Ryder instead of making excuses and be like well I'm not going to deal with this deaf person because that's easy to do it would have been easier for her just to say I this is too much Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to try to figure out ways to talk to you um when Willa completely accepts writer for who he is at this time in his life and then full circle writer fully accepts the fact that Willa is falling apart and he is letting her deal with it and watching from afar and waiting for her to come back to him like oh my soul Mm -hmm. this is not your typical romance novel 
This is so much. That's why I loved it. I don't even think it should be categorized as a romance novel because it's so much more. I feel like it should be contemporary fiction or something else because it deals with so many topics. And to put it into the romance category, I think is going to be limiting to the audience. I think that a lot of people won't pick it up because they'll think it's a fluff piece, which, you know, I did going in, but it's not. It's so many things. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. But no, I completely agree. Like, I I don't like to read a synopsis before I jump into a book. I just like to go and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, loved every, I loved every part of it. There's a quote that I grabbed from Ryder. Um, and he said, so this is Ryder kind of thinking about the life that he's lost because of his hearing loss. Ooh. And I know. And we'll get to that. Um, but he's out there playing soccer by himself, just wishing um, for a life that he almost had. And he says that I thought I was past grieving what I lost, but maybe grief isn't linear. Maybe I can accept what I've lost and still mourn it, which. uh, Yeah. It's so good. Which I think is, is so fantastic as far as describing grief because there is never a time that it's not there like it might not be at the front of the lineup it's like a jukebox with all the records whoa that's an old reference but it might be be like way back at the back Mm -hmm. but as life goes on it shuffles and it shuffles and it, it moves forward and you're like oh hey I thought I dealt with you but here you are mm-hmm. and then you shuffle again and it's it's just cyclical like that and I thought that that was a beautiful way of describing mm-hmm. it yeah it's always there oh but it yeah. doesn't you always never get over it, it. you never mm-hmm. ever get over it but it gets easier with time but there are some days where it's just well, like it's I I can't even deal with these feelings. But then there, then you can go days without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And that was, I just, grief isn't linear. It was just like, dear God, that was deep. Like, mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah. Because at first it. he's describing his soccer career. He said, I took it out back and gave it a mercy killing. Um, and I thought that was like indicative of, of Ryder, but just sad. But then he's out there, you know, with the ball again by himself. And he's like, mm, maybe I didn't. Maybe I you know, maybe it's it's not linear. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that was cool. All right. Do you want to go ahead with your questions? Because I have a lot of thoughts on um, his hearing loss and yes. the surgery and this, that he gets. Um, before you read it, I was like, I wonder how I can bring this book up to Susie and talk about it with her in the context of someone who is understanding of the deaf community. Mm-hmm. And but knowing that you wanted to read it mm-hmm. and not trying to spoil it for you, but really <laughs> my questions to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> so like, who can I talk to about this? Cause I really want, I wanted it to be you. <laughs> it was always you. <laughs> well, I am ready. However, okay. just a quick little side note. Um, I can only speak for my family members that are deaf. Obviously, everyone's opinions are, the, are their own, but just in my time and in my childhood and being raised by someone that is deaf, I have formed my own personal opinions, and they may not be everyone's. Right. 
but I will share my thoughts and opinions. And the first question I ask you is the difference in, I guess, process between a person who was born with zero hearing and a person who has once been hearing and Mm -hmm. is now deaf. And that's the, the biggest thing about it, um, about this book is the fact that Ryder was not born deaf. And so when he lost his hearing, it was losing a piece of himself that he relied heavily on. Mm -hmm. When you meet people in the deaf community, like my mom, who was born deaf, who has never heard a day in her life, she's not missing anything. This is how she's always been. So it's, it would be like losing your dominant arm or losing your sense of sight like that. It would be that, it would be that, um, big of a deal. Profound. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so at, at first it kind of bothered me that Ryder lost his hearing and he just gave up the ghost. Basically mm-hmm. he was like, I can't be a soccer player. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I'll never speak again. Like at first I was like, that's very dramatic, <laughs> but he didn't speak because he couldn't hear the way oh, he I was know. saying the word. I know. So, um, I, I got that part of it. Well, I guess just being around deaf people my entire life, I was like, um, you can function without hearing. Right. Um, so that's why I initially gave it four stars was mm-hmm. because I was like, you're putting a whole lot of pressure on the fact that you cannot hear again when it's not like you have died. It is not like anyone has died. Like you, it was just that initially for me, it was just, dear Lord, like you're, you're okay. Yeah. Like you're but still he, able having to never do been everything. part of the deaf community. Exactly. Didn't know that he was going to be okay. Exactly. And that was another thing too. When Willa signed to him, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. She knows some sign language. But mm-hmm. of course, being 20, or I guess he was 18 or 19 when, when he got ill or when he became ill. Um, yeah. Like what average adult knows sign language so he would he would have had to have learned an entirely new language Mm -hmm. that is not at all like English and um so yeah it was I get it now after thinking about it for several days like I get it now I get his anger and his frustration and his just breaking down yeah because it's in my um my issues with it and why I went back and decided I wanted to take a star back also come from that same place and conversations you and I've had previously. So my issue was why did he have to, why did the story have to give him the implants? Like, couldn't he have just learned to love himself that way? And that was another thing. Exactly. Thank you for bringing that. That was another thing that I felt as well. And what I, what it boiled down to was, this was something that he had lived with for many, many years. And then all of a sudden losing that, that's when I thought, you know what? A cochlear implant would number one work for him because he has, he has heard it before Mm -hmm. his brain will be able to transmit those sounds that he is hearing and make them and formulate them into words and sounds that he already knows. Mm -hmm. My issue with cochlear implants is when, um, when people, when someone has a child and that child ends up being deaf. And so they force this poor child into brain surgery simply because they cannot hear. 
to fix something. That is Marjorie. Yes. So that is my biggest issue. Since he could hear before, I'm okay with him getting a cochlear. And he's an adult person. Yes. And it's his choice. Yes. Because I know you and I have talked about before Mm -hmm. um, hearing parents getting the implants for their kids who are like two years old. Yeah. No, that I made this decision. I do not like that at all. And most of the deaf community does not like that either. Like they you're say, forcing well, in my brief research, and I have zero experience with it, that it's better to do it when they're younger so they live with it longer. And that's true. That is very true. Be- and it because it's just like learning a new language when you're a child, you pick it up faster. So right. if you've been deaf your entire life and then at age 30 you get cochlears, you don't your brain has never heard. So your brain doesn't know how to make noises make sense to you. Mm-hmm. I have known adults that got a cochlear implant at like 45 years old years ago when it first got uh-huh. got big and they couldn't stand them because walking to a mall was awful. Mm-hmm. The noise the toilet makes when you flush it gave them migraines Mm -hmm. like your brain has never heard so your brain doesn't know how to make sense of these things that it's dealing with so I get it in a sense that was writer's issues with the hearing implant kind Mm -hmm. of or the hearing aids yeah um because it doesn't make sense of ambient noise and like I said it just makes the muffled noises louder it doesn't sharpen them right um so I get in the sense that Yes, if you give a deaf child a cochlear implant, yes, it may make life for them a little easier. And they may get to the point where they'll be able to speak and hear and all of that. But you're giving a child brain surgery because you feel like them being deaf isn't okay. And that's my issue. Let them be a child. Like, there are plenty of people that are deaf that are functioning adults. Like they're just because they have one sense missing does not mean that brain surgery will be required to fix it. Right. And that they're less of less than. Yes. No. Yes. That's kind of your issue is you feel like they're saying they're less than because they're not hearing. And so, yes. So let's put you through this horrific brain surgery that may or may not work. Instead of me as a grown person dealing with it and Mm -hmm. learning sign language and learning to communicate with my kid in this manner, let me be different or let me make them change to fit yes. me. Yes. Change change my child to fit my world instead of putting my child in a world that will accept them. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah, that's your whole issue. And I know that we had had that conversation many a time. So my view on the story is why why was that necessary for the storyline? Could we not yeah. have continued with him being accepted? Because Will accepted him for the she way did. that it was. So she why did. did we have to go through this? And then and my that was my thought it was too, yeah. My second qualm with the cochlear implants is that they acted like it was minor surgery. It like it was just a blip in, yeah. in in the story. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they cut your brain open to do that, right? They like I'm, I'm fairly yeah. certain that that's it is not behind your ear. Um, yeah, they they go into your brain. Right. So um, I felt like they did not spend enough time with like how significant of a decision that is, how significant of a surgery that is, and the process from when you don't go right away with the transmitters, right? It takes a couple of days and then you turn them on. Exactly. You have to let yourself heal for a minute 
Mm-hmm. And then you go and have them turned on and then it's tweaked right. to fit your needs. Right. Um, but at the same time, though, that the the book itself kind of jumped in time for a while. Because, mm-hmm. like, sometimes I'd be like, oh, we're a month ahead. Like, oh, I thought this was tomorrow. Like, yeah, the book did kind of jump around. Yeah, they time went through the last really semester explained. of their school year real quick. Oh, yeah. Like, it was Joy died. And then it was April. Two months later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two months later. Um, so, yeah, the time jumping a lot in this. And so, but, yeah, after surgery, he should have been down for a couple of days. And then he would be okay to walk around and stuff. But, yeah, he wouldn't have heard immediately. Right. And then my next point with that is there's a significant chunk of the book after he gets the implants before Joy dies where they act like he was never deaf at all. Like, mm-hmm. it's just communication is normal. And I'm like, why mm-hmm. did we go through all of this stuff to have this experience? Like, they're just talking back and forth like it's completely normal. He's gotten back into talking. So now they're communicating like a normal couple and we just forget everything else. Like, that mm-hmm. irritated me. But well, then we come back to when he's going to do things that are physical and needing or to take go into a again. shower or something or play soccer. Or something. Right. And yeah. then we come back to it. But I mm-hmm. feel like for like the significant chunk here, when Will is kind of grieving and we're going through that process that we just forget about the fact that he's been deaf for two years, mm-hmm. which kind of bugged me. And I, I, that didn't really bother me much. And I think the only reason is I'll go back. I keep saying it, but like he could hear before. So mm-hmm. I think, it and was, I, I know that makes a huge difference, but I have no frame, I guess, no frame of reference for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be super weird if he had been born deaf and then at 20, he got the cochlear and he was hearing just fine and communicating and speaking and all things yeah. as well. That would have been like, okay, <laughs> please do research. Um, but no, since he could hear before, um, I'm okay with making that little jump um, mm-hmm. for that to be fine but I am very glad that she made a point to show that this is not something that works every single time like there are times Mm -hmm. that you will have to take this off and still not be able to hear Mm -hmm. um, which I really appreciated because then it would have been okay like let's not make this a an end all right and getting into a little bit of the the adult part of it when the first time they have sex and he has to take them off mm-hmm. and she's like, how can I make him feel what I'm feeling when he can't see my face? Mm-hmm. And then she sets up a mirror so that he can see her face and read her mm-hmm. lips. And like that kind of acceptance I just thought was really beautiful. It was really, really precious. I, I loved Willa for mm-hmm. how accepting she was. Like she's like a favorite new character of mine just because she was just, Okay. One qualm, and I made a bullet point about it. I felt like she was overtly beyond stubborn as far as the relationship goes. I felt like she didn't need to be as pigheaded as she was. Like Mm -hmm. she should have given in like four or five chapters before she did. (laughs) And I agree. You carried it too far. I agree, but I feel like that's just a romance thing. There's always one that's one Mm -hmm. foot in. There's always one that's like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't be together. Like, every single freaking romance. Um, I guess I don't don't understand because I've always been very open, very honest and free with my emotions. mm -hmm. 
because I've never been significantly hurt or significantly damaged. I had a very wonderful childhood, no (laughs) trauma to speak of of any kind. Um, But like when I get my heart broken, it's not that I shut down forever. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm not that type of person. So that reference just didn't work for me. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I've been hurt once or twice. So I'm just going to stop. I'm always that I have always thought that the reward is worth it. So that kind of character for me, I was just like, Oh my gosh, please just say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and their lack of communication on the major stuff, like just, let's just talk about it already. Mm-hmm. 85% of the problems you're having would have been solved. If you guys would have just told each other what was happening. And again, that's my biggest problem with romance mm-hmm. is like, if you just spoke to each other, we wouldn't need half this damn book. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I like I'm, that we have it, but yeah, but there would be so many less issues if you would just speak to each other. And yeah, that, that drives me bananas mm-hmm. no matter what genre it is, because I feel like it's just a thing that happens in books and movies and shows. Well, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I have spent a lot of time because of, you know, the issues I've discussed before working on my ability to communicate and communicate effectively so that my feelings are heard and valid, but that they're not presented in a way that's destructive. Mm -hmm. And I think back to my early twenties and I'm like, you know, I've come a long way in my communication style. Maybe, maybe had I read this, then it would have been a different process. But now I spend so much time and energy focusing on my ability to communicate and how I do it and what, intentions I have with it maybe I just think that everyone else should be doing that as well I I don't know I wish everyone would but they're just that's just how books are I hate it it drives me bananas I just want to conk their faces together but yeah I think that's just a a book I I think that's a what would books movies and tv shows all be lumped into one media yes that's how media is Mm-hmm. Don't laugh at me. I'm laughing over the media thing, not the com- communication thing. Don't be a butt. <sighs> but yeah, that was my only my only issue with Willa is that I thought she was a little too obstinate. Was he, she an obstinate, headstrong girl? Yes. <laughs> and now we're full circle. Um but no, I did love I... that they work in, worked in Pride and Prejudice. Um, and I will tell you, I've read the second book, and they talk about Sense and Sensibility in it quite a lot. <gasps> really? That's my favorite. Um, I'll go ahead and mention it, because I loved it as well. But I'm going to talk about it in detail later. But it's um, Always Only You. And the main character, Frankie, the main female character, uh, she's autistic. And so I thought that was really cool because when you mentioned the author was autistic, she was writing about her experience. Love it. And I loved that mm-hmm. uh, because Frankie has Asperger's or formerly whatever it's called now. Autism spectrum disorder. Yes. She has autism spectrum disorder, but she's high functioning with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also has other stuff going on. But So it's about her and it's about Ren, who is a hockey player, professional hockey player. And it's about them, and they're fantastic. I, um, I can't wait to continue on with the series. I the second it so much. book did not crush my soul and rip out my heart and stomp on it the way this first book did. It was a little more 
akin to what I was expecting in a romance mm. book. But still, it dealt with some some heavy stuff. Mm. But it didn't, like, make me ball my eyes out. Yeah, honestly, and this may be because I, I want books to break me in pieces. Mm. But, like, I wasn't, like, ugly crying, snot, needing tissue. Like, I, I cried, but not, like... I also think I have a trigger about a mother's death mm. because I will, I love my mom so much and I know I will never, ever, ever be the same if she ever leaves. So I, I put myself in that position of like, what would I ever do without my mom mm-hmm. if this happened to me? And I think it makes it 10 times worse for me. Ten times yeah. hard. The pain is um, so much harder to deal with. Oh yeah. Cancer deaths for me are tough. Everyone I've ever loved and has passed, it has been cancer. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I don't know if that makes it worse or better for me because as soon as I meet a character in a book that has cancer, I'm like, and you're going to die. Like, yeah. I already see it kind of like, it's just, and so I guess mm-hmm. if I ever was to read a book and a cancer, uh, a cancer patient survived, then I'd probably ugly cry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a big, a big thing for me. Um, in books is uh, a cancer patient. I can't, can't stand it. Yeah. So I think the two of those things together with Willa's mom, it just, and I wasn't expecting it. Like, obviously I had read about it in, you know, the first part of the book, mm-hmm. but kind of, I still thought maybe she would get better. Oh yeah. We're in a mm-hmm. romance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, well, maybe she'll get better. This yeah. is a romance book after all. And then you read that chapter. The first line is, Mama died on New Year's Day. And I'm like, (laughs) bawling. I think, actually, I cried harder when Ryder had that conversation with Joy. And she was like, and he just was like, are you you just not going to tell Willa? That drove me crazy. He didn't, Joy Joy didn't want to tell Willa she was dying. Well, I mean, Will is a grown-ass adult, though. If you don't know that your mom is dying, like, they weren't doing any more treatments. You don't just magically. I mean, in the back of her mind, she knew it. But you still should. It goes back to having the conversations. And I guess that's where Willa got it. But you still have to have the conversation, Mm -hmm. I think. Well, I mean, just that conversation, though, between Ryder and Joy. And Joy was just saying, I can't break her heart. That got me. Even worse than Joy dying because wow. that was awful. And I don't know. I think it's I think it's something about like final conversations. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Can't do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that got me worse than that that sentence, Mama died. Yeah. The yeah, writer and when she and read when she did that, and then that first little part of them talking about her grief and going through the motions and what happened and that. That really got me. Um, and the Christmas Eve scene when Joy yeah. was there too, that got me too. When they finally kind of had this conversation and she's like, I'm trying to give you something to have when I'm gone. Will is like, I don't want it. Um, yeah, that was rough. Yeah. She, well, she was very blunt. She was like, I'm going to die whether or not we go to this Christmas Eve thing or not. So mm-hmm. I could die later and us be chilling in my room or we could go and have a nice Christmas Eve and I could still die later like and she was very very blunt about it but I think that's what kind of got Willa to deal mm-hmm. yeah I loved it was, it it was a great book 
I still That's don't so know. I, I still think I'm going to keep my four stars. I still, I don't know. I understand your points. Well, Maybe I'll stew on it for a couple of days. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. I, um, I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like the little things that I had issues with don't detract from the five stars for me. You did mention to me that some of the signs were incorrect. Yeah. But they, it was just little stuff. Like, um, she did a really good job of writing out, explaining what signs he or Willa would make. And to the point where I was like, Oh, that means beautiful. Like I totally, totally could see the sign in my head. And at one point she explained that he was trying to sign. Thank you. And when in fact he signed good, but they're so similar that that's just me being picky. So thank you. It's just like you take your, your hand, touch your chin, push it down. And good is you have, you go down and touch your other hand. Um, so like, it's very similar, just a smidge different. And I was like, if you had just double checked that, that would have, we could have avoided that. But that was honestly, that was just me being nitpicky and being like, well, I know sign language and you clearly do not. Right. And she, she's like, oh, I knew that that was the term for beautiful. And it's like, well, I was just in the dark about it. (laughs) Well, she explained it just so beautifully. Like, it was just like, oh, I know exactly what sign you're, it was just, that was really cool. Cause I've never, I've never read anything that explained sign language like that. Mostly it was just like, and she signed this, 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 mm-hmm. instead of like explaining. So you could actually see it happening in your head. That was really mm-hmm. cool to me. And I was just like, ah! that was good. But yeah. Well, hopefully you guys read it. It was fantastic. It was so much more than a romance novel. So much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I definitely loved it worth so a read. It was so good. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read the next one. Although I just, I can't imagine how it can be better than this one. The reasons I liked it are going to be the reasons that you don't, which is probably funny. <laughs> but it didn't make me cry. And I don't want it to. And that's something you enjoy. I, I love it when they make me feel things. I mean, it made me feel things. It made me feel all kinds of things, but it did not make me feel them as intensely as this Mm. one did. See, but I also cry when it's, when it's happy as well. Yeah. I'm just, I just cry all the time. Yes. I mean, I cry often as well, but, and this is, Daniel and I actually were talking about this this morning because he sent me a song that was from the movie, um, A Star is Born Mm -hmm. and it was a remake it's actually Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks have remade Shallow. And I said, that's a movie I'll never be able to watch again. It hurt so bad. And I was like, I just don't long to feel that type of pain. And he said, it's because you've, you've experienced so little pain in your life that it feels stronger when you do feel it. Mm, and that makes that sense. That was brilliant. Um, well, Daniel's so old. He should have wisdom. Yes. And- <laughs> He's been through a lot of pain, so, you know, he gets it. But he, he says, you know, I have had so little that I feel it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Instead of being able to empathize with them, you just... It overwhelms me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. Um, and this is something I've kind of been looking into as well. I'm I'm leaning towards being described as a highly sensitive person, where it's like you have 
different anxiety and tics and things that are not like the same as other people. And I, and I know I have auditory processing issues because I can't listen to something and hear something at the same time, like, or understand it. Like I can't read and listen to music. Um, I, I can only understand one thing or the other. Like if he's, if Daniel's talking to me, he has to mute the TV because I can't hear him. Um, but highly sensitive people, it, it moves more towards like almost an empath where you just feel things like a lot stronger than other people. And mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of part of it as well is that I, the emotion overwhelms me and I don't know how to deal with it. So I just avoid it. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So maybe that's why this book got to me so much more than it did other people. Maybe. Maybe. Well, I loved it. I loved that it it brought in it brought in so many facets of of um feels for me. Yeah, we're dealing with so many different things. We're dealing with hearing loss, we're dealing with crushed dreams, we're dealing with terminal illness, single parent, military. I mean legitimately dealing with so many different things. And for a book that wasn't actually huge, um, I think it was like 350, 360 or something like that. For all of that to happened, the writing was just incredible. Mm -hmm. I never at one point thought the writing was bad. So that was good. Mm -mm. My issues were with the process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is this authentic? Is this, you know, how it would really be and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I loved that she wrote about a deaf character because you just don't see that. I even look after reading it. I was like, I want, I need to read some more. Not like, not like fiction characters that are, that happen to be deaf that still go through life. Just Mm -hmm. happen to be deaf. There are just not many. Right. I mean, it's the same thing we talk about with representation and other facets. There needs mm -hmm. to be more out there so that it's more normalized. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are different people out there, and it's mm. normal. Yes, it is. But yes, only when it's us. By Chloe. So glad Lewis. we had a buddy read. Yay! Maybe next month I'll be able to pick something. Guys, don't hold your breath. <laughs> Although you have read several—not uh, several—you've read a couple of non-romance. Three. I have read three. Wow. I thought it was only really two, so I'll, I'll give you several. Three. Oh. Um. But yes, thank so you. maybe you will. Maybe you're slowly emerging from your hidey hole. We'll see. I'm about to hit 50 books for the year. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to now. Now that I'm almost there, I'm like I'm going to do it before March the first. I'm going to have 50 books in two months. I'm going to do it. So we'll see. This is not normal behavior. I know. I'm just. I'm blaming COVID. To be quite honest. I blame everything on COVID. So. I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's guys. just fun when you find something that you're so into reading that it's just, you can't wait. Mm-hmm. You're like already looking for the next thing. And that's like oh, ugh, yeah. tearing through stuff yes. and it's fun and you're enjoying it. It reminds me of being a kid and trying to read hiding under the covers, like after lights out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cause like I, I legit read well past my bedtime now just cause I'm like, Oh, just just a little bit more and I'll, I'll be finished with this book that's fine yeah. I hope you guys if you pick it up I hope you thoroughly enjoy it mm-hmm. um please uh talk to us on Instagram we would love to hear your thoughts if you've checked it out mm-hmm. seriously one of my new favorites for the year loved it yeah. so much it was spectacular 
And definitely interact with us on Instagram because we're needy. <laughs> Please pay attention to us. Be our friends. <laughs> well, happy reading. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.